0: Warhammer 40k book club where we read from a crag this is episode number 66 and our book is dawn of fire the wolf time by gav thorpe the book is about robbie bobby finally meeting up with logan Grimnar and getting some primaris for the space wolves we posted several questions on our website for wh40kbookclub.com and we encourage participation in our conversations via twitter youtube our site or encrypted vox channel spoiler warning if you haven't yet read this book, definitely check out the book and our questions first cuz we're going to be going over this in, from start to finish in great detail. With that, let's dive in. As always, did you
1: like the book? Is this where the fight's going to start right here? Jen Jen had a dream that when we were discussing this book, we got into a knockdown drag out. So, you, I mean, you might have a show tonight. It could be could be interesting.
0: I woke up so upset because we were like screaming at each other. So yes, this is where the fight's gonna begin. Okay.
1: Um, you know, that's a really hard thing to ask me. Should I w- we start with
0: more of softball questions? Star <laughs> sign? You know,
1: I I liked a lot of it. Um I really had a big problem. Like it's to the point. I'm actually wondering if the digital copies are different than what I had, because there were quite a few instances where I would read something and be like, "Did I miss something?" And I'd go back and read, and like, "Nope, I didn't miss anything." So either my book is missing some stuff, or there was some bad editing in terms of what darlings were cut there was
0: some interesting editing i can i can also say that too because i had that experience as well where all of a sudden i was like well but when did this happen and i think and i don't know like sometimes that like look it works sometimes if like in a book like hey carrie came over we're gonna go get coffee we have our coffee now isn't that great because you didn't necessarily need the details of us getting in my car and going to dutch brothers um some of the stuff in here needed some details like all of a sudden i was like but when did that happen so
1: there was one that really stood out like to the point i actually reread four chapters just to make sure okay. i did not miss anything and this is when mu dyer is talking to i believe robbie bobby and they're talking about the people they lost when they decided to divert and go to the ship and he's like we lost alec i'm like whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. when did that happen went back reread it i'm like no the last time we saw alec alec was when He yelled at her about, you know, is all of this worth the cost? And he did this big, you know, he did an amazing speech about what history really is. Like, I was on board with that. But And then he looked at her. She was about to burst into tears. He walks off. And then he says, we lost Alec. I'm like, when?
0: Yeah. And when he talks about her dying in, like, the flames and, like, how that death will haunt him, I was like...
1: That's why I went back and read. I'm like, did I miss something? So,
0: yeah. Like that. I was, okay, I'm glad you said that. Okay,
1: the same thing with the two, I I thought I wrote this down, but the two astropaths early on in the beginning. Mm -hmm.
0: Like, oh, when they come in and they're like, oh, yeah, he clearly had to shoot them. And I was like, okay, sure. I mean, like, but that's kind of one of those things that I'm like, uh, on one hand, okay, I can understand that you you're telling me that that happened i didn't necessarily have to see it happen but the way it's described made it sound like you yeah, remember this one scene yes and i'm like, like when they
1: talk about the smoking crater that was obviously from his gun I'm like what was it i mean because if you wanted to say that they you found them dead because her head exploded from everything okay i believe that but there's an armsman in there and there was a crater in the chest where he obviously had to shoot them like That's not obvious to me. Well, and the way that they introduced
0: him, like he's just sitting, yeah. Okay, I'm, I actually hated this book. Um, And so I'm really glad that you mentioned that because, I mean.
1: That is honestly why on Goodreads, I'm not going to give this book, I'm going to give this book only three stars because those two incidences are unforgivable and the, like, Mostly
0: the one with Alec dying. Like if I okay,
1: Alec was, maybe with the navigators, okay. I'll forgive it. But right, not. But when Alec happened, I was like, no, 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 no. no. Mm-mm, mm-mm. So again, I almost wonder if it's something wrong with the edition of this book. Something got left on the floor, or was some bad editing. Um, I mean, if if anybody was reading the um, ebook version and or the audio version and what happened to Alec was mentioned in there please let me For the know.
0: hardback version like maybe it's just the limited edition is missing it yeah. i don't know but yes i second that and because i hated this book so much by the time i got to the end i'll admit my, my attention was a little split in places i went back and reread because i was like oh god i, I must have skimmed over something and i went back and But actually, so we'll talk more about this later. The whole Bukhara subplot, I got strong opinions. I got real strong opinions on it. But I hated this book. Really, there was like, there were a few things that I really liked. Uh, There were two lines in here, which I've already written down in my notes for being of the best quotes of the year, because they made me laugh out loud. One of them made me belly laugh. That Was good. I liked some of the concepts at play, but overall, really hated this book.
1: Yeah, it was um, very slow at first, but I had to remind myself that all the Donna God, Fire books slow. are slow, even the Andy Clark book that was really good. It was, it was slow.
0: That's true, but, but, but then man, it got somewhere.
1: But then I, was like, I think I even texted you, it was like at page 160, and I was like, who boy, I am in. Yes, and that's because that's when they said, oh, yeah, Robbie Bobby's going to come and have a chat. I was like, oh, I am um, like, OK. Because the way that they framed it at the very beginning, like as soon as they're talking about the primary Marines, their instant reaction is, oh, the Legion Breaker has returned. I was like, oh, that's yeah. right. They would hate him for that. That's kind of interesting. So mm-hmm. I, I was really curious about the dynamic there between Robbie Bobby coming back and how the wolves would partake in it and i got a really interesting you know point of view of how the wolves kind of see themselves in the imperium um in many ways this book kind of undid what chris rate patched with me and my feelings for the space wolves you think uh, yeah uh
0: just um, that's the meat of why i hated this book so much because you didn't like the I... wolves
1: being a bunch of babies
0: a bunch of edgelord petulant assholes and that I don't know if Gav Thorpe just has written the dark Angels so long he has a natural distaste for the space wolves. But this Logan Grimnar is not the Logan Grimnar that stood on an inquisitor's vessel while well, an Inquisitor explained to him that he would turn over all of these people right fucking now, or else he'd kill them all and eliminate the Space Wolves. And without saying a word, Logan Grimnar just kills the Inquisitor, doesn't make a big grand speech, doesn't throw his toys around the room, he just acts. That is not the Logan Grimnar that's in this book. This Logan Grimnar is a petulant child who can't stop throwing his toys around the room. That scene with him and Bob sitting down talking, I was wanting to rip pages out of the book. Where he's like, Bob's like, I'm going to give you the primaris. Oh, but you're not going to tell us how to make them. No, no, no. We're going to give you all the technology to make them too. So this is going to be a cage for us. No, 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 no. I just want you to go off and fight the orcs like you've always fought the orcs. And that's going to be your leash on us. You know, the funny
1: thing is, so... I knew you're gonna take it that way when I got to that part. Hated I, was like, it. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Hated it. Um, I, I knew, but you know, that's what I've always thought of the Space Wolves. Back when I read um, "A Thousand Suns," they were very, um, you know. And we've it's always, a we've always problem. Known, we've always known that the Space Wolves we're going to do their own thing. You know, like when Robin came so. up with the Codex Astartes and the Wolf King was like, ha, 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 no. And no, exactly. But you know, it was like, Nial actually made a really good point. He's like, he's like, yes, he broke up the legions, but he didn't force us to like, he didn't come down here and force us. And that
0: was the thing that infuriated me. Cause, and that was the thing that I kept screaming at the book, especially when Bjorn is like the legion breaker. Like, yeah, but he handed the book at you. Lehman Russ was like, joke's on you. I can't read. And Bob was like, I and walks off. Even though he Never, knew and-
1: perfectly well that he he could read. He was just like, oh, whatever.
0: Right. I mean, like He knew that he wasn't going to and he didn't force it. Mostly because he kind of knew that the Space Wolves, or it was very much my interpretation of it because of just some of the comments he've made, is that he knew that the Space Wolves, their gene seeds a little unstable. Right? Like you're not going to be Maybe you're not going to be making a whole lot of successor chapters. Like, he kind of knew, and he didn't fight it. It wasn't like with Rogel Dorn, where he's like, you need to do the thing, and Lionel Johnson, you need to do the thing, right? Like, even with Korax, he was like, you need to do the thing. But he even had a softer touch there. Like, But this is a bigger problem with the Black Library in general, and I've always said this because, again, I think everyone knows my favorite Legion is the Iron Warriors depending on which author you have you get two very different legions and the space wolves i think are now the number one contender of that depending on the author you got a different legion thank you for coming to my ted talk
1: i totally see what what you're saying i guess all that i'm saying is that i've seen this kind of thing before with space wolves now again it was with uh graham mcneil when, mm-hmm. when he was writing him, and even a little bit in Dan Abnett's, yeah, um, she's a Prospero, Prospero of Burns. You know, yeah. it, I mean, he he even kind of had them that, that same way. But, you know, what I took this as being, because honestly, because the Space Wolves had just dealt with Magnus, they had dealt with the Inquisition, they dealt with the Grey Knights, they dealt with the Dark Angels, going, look at them! forget what we're doing but right. look at them they just dealt with all of that and now here is the legion breaker coming in they're like oh here's somebody else who's gonna try to tell us what to do i think there was a huge there was that going on now i do not know why bjorn was woken up for a few lines
0: literally two pages because yeah.
1: it feels like i feel like at this point it's just i thought he would be at as the one meeting. has to do i thought he would be at the meeting with robbie bobby so that they could hash it out. Someone who actually, you know, they knew one another. They could talk it out. You know? Yeah. Uh, I just... So...
0: Okay, we've got a few things to go through here. So <laughs> two down, deep down a rabbit hole. Let's start with what parts stood out to you? Like, what were some of the things that you... I'll, I'll say really quickly, the two things that made me laugh really hard. Because I have to give credit where credit's due. First off, when Guard hurak when he's talking about i think it's on page 200 where he's like yeah uh everything that i've read about the raven guard is really depressing and morose and he's like but i'm just sure over the years corex's witticisms were rubbed down da- worn down and rubbed I off but i was like honey oh honey and then but the best line in here that i will cherish forever is on page 227. i hated mudire mudir Mudir's character, I hated him. And that whole petulant, I don't like you because I couldn't be a scene I didn't like. But when, oh. when Vikellen, when Vikellen is like, look, we are crafted and molded. Like our personalities and everything about me was like formed and forged and there is nothing, like I have no free will and blah, 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 blah. And Medir's like, so that means at some point, Someone decided Colquhoun needed to be an asshole.
1: Yes, that actually made me laugh out loud as well.
0: I laughed so hard. Well, and especially because they talked about like Helen laughing so hard, because like you can imagine, because they talk about how the custodies are so big and their voices are so big. The idea of a custodian laughing so loud it's hurting the historian's ears mm-hmm. is amazing.
1: Yeah, I almost wonder just... if Gav Thorpe laughed out loud writing that.
0: I have to imagine he did and I almost feel like he did that a little intentionally. Like yeah oh, this probably. guy's a dick and somebody did that on, ten, on purpose. Loved that. That made me laugh really hard.
1: So there was a couple of things that made me stand, that made me that stood out to me. Uh, one was when Robbie Bobby made his entrance to the World Eaters. It's like Does know how to make the guy's like,
0: No, 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 we don't want you down there, but why? And Bob just jumps out,
1: killing everybody on the way down, and then just running through. Just he's like, Eh, world eaters, I've dealt with them before, (laughs) nothing has changed. You know, do you know what short
0: story I want really badly? Hmm. So, over Christmas, we showed my daughter Deadpool for the first time, the first one. And do you remember that scene when he runs into the Merc that he used to know? And he's like, I
1: haven't seen you since TGI Fridays. Oh, right. And he talked about like, like, how's your wife love her tuna casserole? Really fattening. Yeah.
0: I love that. I want that scene. Like, I want Bob to be on a battlefield fighting and all of a sudden be like, John, man, I haven't seen you since this battle, huh? Good times. And kill him, obviously. But I just kind of like him to all of a sudden just have that moment of,
1: I know you, and I know you,
0: and I know you. I and
1: mean, we kind of got that with Abaddon and Sigismund. Kind of, kind of. But I want that with Bob.
0: Like, I want him to just be like, mm-hmm, I remember you. So
1: that be was funny. like, but there's a lot of things that I really liked about just learning about the Space Wolves. Like, I loved, like, on page 154, I think it's when Gaius was talking about, you know, the rules and the Codex, and, you know, that the Codex says this, and basically they're like, yeah. They basically admitted we don't follow the codex. We ignore the codex, and he's just so shocked ab- about it all. Um, you know, and uh, uh, how they view the Imperium—like they don't,
0: yeah—they
1: don't act like they're part of the Imperium. They kept saying our imperial allies, and I thought that was just very interesting. That they just view themselves so separate, they're very
0: cultural. So yeah. A really good friend
1: of mine. They're so snobby about it.
0: They kind of are. So a really good friend of mine is she was born and raised here. Um, I think one of her parents is Japanese, but she was born and raised here. She went to Japan. She got married. She's had children. She's been there for like 30 years. But she said, she's like, I am not Japanese. And everybody around me lets me know. I've been here. I'm married. My kids. I'm not Japanese. They are, though. It's like, because Japan has a very strong cultural identity. And I really like reading this book, especially with Gaius, I felt the same way that I was like, oh man, like you've got that blood and you're going to grow, you're going to battle with these guys, but you are not Fenrisian. And they are, I think though, you see a little bit of that with the blood angels too. Like anybody who grows up on a death world who has that strong cultural, like we survived this planet. I feel like they all kind of have that. (laughs) No, no, you're not from here, though. We saw that a little bit in The Emperor's Gift, because remember that Inquisitor was Fenrisian? And she used to make comments, too, where she's like, well, you don't understand, because you're not Fenrisian. So I guess that actually feeds directly into your point that, yeah, it's a little arrogant.
1: Well, very much so. And here's guys who just wants to learn. And what are they all doing? They're making fun of him at every turn. And I just felt so bad for the guys. He just wanted to be a part of something. And they kept saying, stop being something that you're not. You're not one of us and you never will be. Well, because that wouldn't hurt somebody's feelings. If they don't think that way. But I guarantee you insult them. Say He
0: didn't think that way, though.
1: No, but you insult them. And that's like, OK, now we have to, like, you know, cut each other for it. And they don't right. see how that's a possible insult. So which really goes back to how it was felt about the space holes from back in a thousand suns when that rune priest was saying, what you're doing is not right, but I'm fine. I'm fine doing the pretty much the same things, and it's one thing I really liked in here is when they talked about, you know, the the psychers, and you know, and guys like yes, they the Fenrians believe that spirit of the planet, whereas the Imperium's like no, that's not that's not what it is. I'm like, thank you for justifying everything I have been saying for a long time.
0: Imperium also says that demons don't exist, so keep
1: that in mind. Mm, Not the people who deal with psychers, but anyway. Um, Oh, page 297. Little casual mention about the Custodians and what they did with the 11th Legion.
0: Along with uh, the Space Wolves? Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. But mostly, really, this book, it really... Highlighted to me a lot, even though Robbie Bobby was only in certain parts of it, how he understands the way things work. He knew he was never going to pressure, you know, Lehman Russ to break up the Legion. Mm -hmm. He knew that would never work. He was never going to try to get Logan Grimnar to bow the knee, which is why he bowed to him. He's like, I'm on your planet, I understand how this works. For me to get anything from you, I'm going to have to show humility to you because I am on your planet. Um, And. You know, just how he yeah, just like how he really can understand he understands how this crusade is going to go and just kind of showed like more examples of how he thinks so many moves ahead,
0: you know talk about Gulliman in general in this book because the Dawn Fire series is interesting because Gulliman is not he was a main character in the first book and he's arguably the main character of all of these books but just like Gate of Bones he basically shows up for like maybe 30 pages total he's his presence looms over these stories but he's not Which necessarily I love directly that.
1: i love that because they talk about how you know you can't even look at him in the eye because his presence is just so great you know and... i
0: actually loved when bjorn went off about that and he's like these guys were designed for us to not be able to say no and they're designed for you to be in awe of them i really did like that yeah. and i I'm mean, like, he's right he ain't wrong
1: I, yeah <laughs> right like he's not wrong it so yeah, so glad they spent four hours, you know, wait, waking you up just for you just to walk off into the sunset again. For all right, so I, On one
0: hand, it was kind of within Bjorn's character to just be like, "I'm out, I got nothing to say." to This guy, I'm out. Um, on the other, yeah, I was like, "Why did we bother with this?" Like, he's just echoing what they're already saying. Like, it would be one thing if he came up and he was like. I have this one piece of wisdom to impart upon you and now I'm going to go back to sleep because I don't care. But he didn't. I-, I actually felt that way about a lot of the stuff in this book because like the Cardinal Baccarus thing doesn't he, anyways, focusing, sorry, Gulliman. So what did you think like in general about his approach at the Space Wolves, like his-, his deal that he's making, the fact that he does understand them and kind of hurric speech that he makes which i was so proud when gulliman was like that's my boy
1: (laughs) i mean gulliman just once again just handled everything exactly the the way that he needed to handle it he was handling kolkwan exactly the way that kolkwan needed needed to be handled you know Is you know and i really loved it when kolkwan and even um by Kellen and Hurac Her- were kind of bobbing. They're like, We don't need them. Just let them go. We have other people we can give these Primaris to. And he was like, No. It's like the first founding is very important and I'm not leaving them out of this. But he was also. I loved. Oh, go ahead. I was like, But he also knew that. And that's actually one thing I really liked what he's done with the Primaris is that, yes, he's giving the Primaris Marines and he's going to teach them how to make their own and then just you know, just go, but hey, but we're trying to reunite, reunite the Imperium again. But he knows that's not the only case with the Wolves, but he still wants to help him, and I, cause I think he, deep down it's because he loves his brother. Yeah. He's not going to let his brother's legion go behind And Gulliman and the Horus Heresy anyway, showed great respect for Lehman, Lehman Russ. Very much so. Like, and Lehman Russ would always act like he didn't care about Gulliman, but you could tell that with the banter and everything, and so he was a very smart guy. I'm never gonna say that Lehman Russ was not smart. He was extremely smart. He knew how to work Gulliman. Gulliman knew how to work him. Lehman Russ knew how to work Fulgrim. very much so
0: <laughs> I I think the thing I liked about Gulliman like I love I love Gulliman as the diplomat. I love him even more as the teacher. Mm-hmm. So like when he's like when Hurik is just like, look, I can't see why we need the space wolves and he goes, disappointing right and hurric is like oh god but then when he's giving that speech and he looks over at gulliman and gulliman's like you're getting it it reminded me a lot of what chris of, in hellwinter gate right when he's like look if you mention Lehman Russ and the space wolves people smile mm-hmm. they know him and when hurric is like look we can't let you die because even if we can replace you with primaris space marines people will know like the story of the og space wolves getting out and getting killed will get out and this will be well this is these are the space wolves but these are the new space wolves not the Fenrisian space wolves these are the new ones and they're not going to be the same thing they're the we have space wolves at home
1: we have the great value space Wolves, <laughs> exactly maybe archer farms but yeah pretty much but which is why they're like well, no we're going to teach you how to do this so you can still bring Fenrisians. In here, it's fine. Well, and
0: I liked when Gulliman is like, "Look, it's going to take a lot." Or can't remember if it was him or her when he's like, "It's going to take forever to train these Primaris Marines to be leaders, to be chapter masters, to be these important. Like, we're not going to just replace right. y'all, Stormcaller. We are not going to just replace R. jack or Ulric. None of these guys can just be like swapped. So you're talking like your fear." is like 300 years down the road which okay but you know i mean ulrich is he's an anomaly with how old he is (laughs) right i mean he's probably going to become bjorn too electric boogaloo but it (sighs) i liked I, i liked that this did remind everybody that oh by the way gulliman is a master diplomat
1: well, I think they said that Logan Grimnar has been the Great Wolf for 600 years, and we know that Ulrich found him as Bringed a young, him. young kid, as it came apparent when he picked up um, Githa's son uh, at, at the end of the book, but so, I mean, he could be as old as Dante or even older, yeah. Wow. Talk he very about, well could be talk about you know uh, vampires versus werewolves they don't have nice things to say about Dante by god I was like shit what did Dante do to you guys
0: yeah uh didn't have was did nice not the space wolves yeah I was going to say Colquan did not have anything nice to say about him which was but I I think I actually hated Colquan in this book I hated what he did with him um, but because he was always kind of a butthead and a naysayer which was understandable but in this he's like obsessed with trying to hate Gulliman and obsessed with trying to kill him and that whole I found that whole like intro scene to be so garish but I did like that when he's like do not confuse Dante for Sanguinius well okay you know what you got a point there like right. I, I don't I don't know like I don't know to what end you're telling him this because he didn't but even you're not say wrong.
1: Sanguinius he just said Dante mm-hmm. it's like Okay, where are you going with this, bro? Right. So, let's
0: let's talk about Gaius a bit because he's arguably the mainest character of the book. Yeah. Um what did you think about his journey? I don't know. I liked half of it.
1: I I really don't know. Um I just felt bad. You know, it was almost kind of this it, it, this would have been like a meet the parents thing, where it's like very cringe comedy like just feel so bad for him um but i think it is also just you know again like the space wolves are just being the space wolves are being obnoxious little pricks like oh like yes there's only 700 of us you can't join our cool kids club cuz you're not See,
0: i thought that was so fucking dumb again with other books that we've read i'm like these are these are not the same people these are just not the same people and who are proud you're never going to be, like, one of the cool kids, but, you know, we'll accept your help. Come on.
1: Well, but, you I know, expected but, like, more of that. But, like, Olier and, um, and Dragon Gaze. Dragon Gaze is all on board. It's like, this is awesome. I love
0: Krom. Krom's like, yes.
1: Although, you know, Grimnar, what he was going to do to Krom, kind of exited stage left and never got brought up again, but this is another I, thing. I wonder
0: if Gav Thorpe like, actually took a step back and was like... Okay, this is just petty for pettiness sake. Like, okay, maybe I took that a little too far. But I like half of Gaius's journey. I loved the whole, like, when he's like, Fenrica Holda! And they're like, oh God, the Imperial accent, right? Like, I loved that. Um, I hated that it was like 150 pages just for him to discover that maybe space wolves don't come from a store sp- Maybe being a space wolf means just a little bit more. Like, Did you really just waste 150 pages to for him to go on the journey to realize that there's more to being a space wolf than just having Lehman Russ's gene seat? Are you kidding me? Especially after he gave that awesome speech
1: before he jumps out of the Thunderhawk. I thought that was amazing. And at that point, the space wolves were just being petty and mean. At that point, they were
0: I think I liked it because that's kind of in their nature, but they did take it that step too far. And I love the other, when he's like
1: The other Just that they did earlier That was fine, that was totally within their idiom But when he's like, hey, I made this talisman Just for you, and he's like, oh my god it's like, you gave me a present, that's so cool And everyone's snickering and laughing At him, I'm like, okay, you know what, I've been that kid Nobody likes to be that kid Everyone's laughing at
0: I was, It reminded me of bridesmaid's humor To your awkward point
1: Yes, yes
0: It, it, was, it was bridesmaidy And I did not like that um, which is why I loved his speech when he's like, call broke you down to the genetic level and there's no magic fairy dust. You just are. You're not special. And then he pieces out. I was like,
1: That's I love that speech. I, was like, I like, thank you. You just speech. told them like, you are not the special snowflakes. You all think that that you are. Oh, you grew up in this. But, this harsh But then we had
0: another hundred pages to prove that they really are special snowflakes.
1: I don't know if that was really what it is because he because they're like, well, he's dead. Yeah. No, he survived.
0: One of the things that I liked is when they're like, we have to go rescue him. And he's like, you and Uller is like, you want to dishonor him like that? After that exit, you want to go and dishonor him by then embarrassing him further by rescuing him? Like, I did like that. I liked that because you could tell that Uller kind of realized, right? He's like, well, he's either going to survive and be a badass. Or he's going to die and he's going to learn. Well, space wolfy.
1: But I also saw it as not only is he proving that you guys have no right to judge me. I can do this. Which he did ultimately prove. But I think it also just showed, you know, don't underestimate the primaris just because we didn't grow up on a death world. Don't, yeah, well, think, also, don't think we can't hack it. The thing that I liked about it was that it was
0: also showing like, look you just got to teach us like put us through the trials if you want the the more trials Mm -hmm. that you guys do like if we die we die if we survive we can prove we can do it like when they're all like he killed a black man. like yeah like all you have to do is give them the chance like give them the chance to prove themselves and i really loved at the end he's got a name like he has a a real fenrisian name Mm -hmm. like it's no, he wasn't born there, and I mean, I did like when the guy explains. He's like, "Look, you've never done the things that we've done, which is how we fight the way that we fight because we
1: grew up doing this, but it can be taught, my friends." That's that. That's what I mean. That's why I really liked his journey at the end, and just that. No, the space wolves aren't special. They aren't these special snowflakes because he can do it. Yeah. Well,
0: it just. You just have to give them the chance. and But, like, like, like I didn't need like, 100 pages of that.
1: Like, the whole fighting. But they're like, well, how do you do that? And then they were showing them how they did that, and they all figured it out. It's like, stop being assholes and just teach them. Don't just assume because, oh, they weren't born sure. here. They weren't Pretty born much. here. They can't handle things with their peakies out.
0: Well, the thing that was really funny is it actually made me think of that scene in Ragnar Blackmane by adb when he's doing when he's doing the duel finally does the duel between at the end between him and the dark angel Mm -hmm. and they talk about how the dark angels are all noses in the air pinkies out on their swords Mm -hmm. right because they're just more refined it's nothing personal they're just better than the space wolves who are all like yelling like they're at a college brawl right but it was this great scene of like look How like look how we juxtapose one another and how nicely we actually can come together. I always love that. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of funny because I thought back to that scene because I was like, yeah, you guys are acting like the Dark Angels right now. Like it's nothing personal. (laughs) We're just better than you because we were born and raised here. You weren't born into the wrong the right family, darling. Right. Like you're just never going to be one of us. It it was so pissy. And I don't think I think like Uller, I think if you would have worded it that way to him been like ah yeah just like the dark angels he would have been like i'm sorry what
1: and he would have taken offense and killed you for it because they can dish it out and but they can't take it which again yes was my problem with them back in a thousand suns.
0: right i yeah it was an interesting journey i i don't it felt really long-winded where i was like okay so you remember how you were like, I don't, you always say you don't like plots that you've seen before. I don't like plots that I can suss out. So as soon as he was like, oh, I'm never going to be one. I looked at the page count and was like, oh, he's going to go experience all of these things that he just listed. And hell yeah, look, sure enough, there it is. Like, as soon as I figured out that that's what was going to happen, I was like, oh, thanks for boring me with it.
1: I didn't like that. That's fair.
0: Let's bounce over to a human story real quick
1: were you invested I don't want to
0: we have to okay fine. because it's like
1: half the book um Which were you invested in Orad's story let's t- let's start with all Orad. Right. so Orad, that was interesting so I will say every time that popped up I was like I need to know where we're going with this um do I, under- I care about this are we I understand caring about this that being a slave on an orc ship sucks all right yeah I mean, I really didn't need, like, to hear about this. I, you know, did I think it was sweet and a morbid kind of way that any of his crewmates who died, he made a necklace out of their finger bones and carved into it their name and serial number and stuff so that he could share that. Um, and morbid, but what else was he going to do, to be totally honest? Is that like he had, like, a, much. Mo- a notebook hanging around? Um
0: it's it's arguably pretty permanent
1: but i also say when the cold, the big climax happened with it i was like okay this is kind of fun right because all it just took was just one moment when he realized did you want to die like this it's like fuck no i'm gonna die going down fighting
0: right i'm so first off can i can i just say that after the books that we've read brutal Cunning and gosgol thraka And the Red Gobbo. I had a serious disconnect in those first few chapters because I'm like, the orcs aren't scary. They're funny. Why are these guys acting like monsters? They're... Oh, wait. Right. No, they're awful. (laughs) I had this huge disconnect. Well, because we've read so many stories from their point of view where they're just funny and comical and they talk cockney and they don't understand and... It was, uh, so I, I really kind of, I actually, on one hand, I really appreciated Orad's story because I was like, oh yeah, no, these guys are horrifying and they need to be killed because it gets really easy when you're reading, again, with like, especially with Mike Brooks and Nate Crowley, like, funny, why are we scared of these guys? Oh, right. right. They do so I had like a major things. disconnect. Yeah. They do. I found the chapters to be pretty long winded. I almost started skimming them because I'm like, this is,
1: so this is bad. I think my other complaint about the book is that it felt like, okay, I'm going to mention a movie that doesn't exist, but bear with me here. Okay. It felt like Spider-Man three, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man.
0: Right. The movie that was never made. Okay. Yes. I gotcha.
1: Where there was almost just too much going on yes we got the night lords and it's the world eaters oh wait it's the orcs like who are we fighting and what is going on like it was too much too much i will
0: agree with that a hundred percent like
1: honestly the whole night lords thing probably didn't even need to be in there
0: could it removed the only thing that we gleaned from that is that gaius is real excited to go meet his people
1: and Gaius is good at killing things. Okay, that that's cute. So is every other Primaris Marine. But exactly like it but would have been more of a I'll story. Give a pass if he wasn't. To the world eaters just because that was a badass entrance by Robbie Bobby, but that's about it. Um Yeah, because it really It's such a shame because like I really enjoy Gav Thorpe's writing. And I enjoy the way he tells stories. And there was just so much in this i felt was just handled incorrectly mostly by editing
0: i i'm not saying that gav thorpe's not as a bad writer i'm not saying this book was bad gav thorpe's writing style just doesn't click with me right and that's fine as i had to do some soul searching one night on reddit i discovered that adb's writing style doesn't click with everyone i'm still a little shook no, but look, I get it. Not like not every book and not every author is for everybody. Gav Thorpe's style just doesn't click with me. So I'm actually kind of relieved to hear you say the thing about the editing because at first I was like, oh God, this is why I don't like Gav Thorpe. But I think you might be right. I think he might have been some a little
1: really good Gav Thorpe books. I mean, I loved mm-hmm. I know you didn't like Ashes of Prospero, but um I really liked Angels of Darkness. I've liked um any of the Dark Angels books that, he, that he's written and, and I've read. Um, so I know he can be su- succinct. I think this almost, he almost was, Gaius is almost a self insert, I think, in that Gaius is so overly excited and Gav Thorpe is so overly excited to be a part of this, which is kind of fun. I would agree. But at the same time, it's like, okay, but we do have to work on some of the editing and obviously the editing is not, one it, is not Gav Thorpe's fault.
0: No, I will say, you know, I hadn't considered Gaius as a self insert, but the more that I you didn't say, say that now, <laughs> you know what? I think you're 100% correct. And it actually explains a lot of some of the bad aspects and the Space Wolves being presented in a really bad light. And it's not, look, I'm not casting aspersions at Gavthorpe. Not everybody likes every Legion. I hate the Thousand Suns and the Dark Angels. Not saying they're bad Legions, they're just not my people. Right. Like, not a bad thing right you love them Mm -hmm. because they're they're that's the point of having so many legions is so that people will find things that click with them right right and uh but yeah this was there was some editing stuff in here and i felt like orad and you're right especially the night lords that section when i first started reading it i was first excited because night lords i did snicker when they talked about
1: the bat wings on the helm it's like that's just funny
0: yeah But and actually the night Lords are great because like that fit in line with a bunch of anyways. But yeah, as soon as that chapter was over and they were never like halfway, like I want to say like maybe 30 or 40 pages more. I was like, Oh, that was that that's never going to be mentioned again. Oh no. Same with the, there was actually a bunch of stuff in here about that. So here's my other thing that I think comes down to editing and we're going off a little off track here for a second, but the whole Bukaris thing so they go and they ask y'all Stormcaller, hey, what about Bukaris? And oh, okay, sit down, sit down. So it's like four pages of him telling these stories, but ultimately he has nothing to tell them. And even then, I feel like Gav Thorpe forgot
1: about that know, because it never. I actually think that's totally within the Space Wolves idiom, too. We have these sagas. I'll tell you, I'll just sit and spin a tale with you. Not saying it's going to have anything meaningful and i almost thought that was more of a teaching moment for the historians than anything else like you guys are not gonna well, find what you want here because we to don't be we don't record things the way that you do
0: i did like i will say along those lines i did like because it could have been a, t- a little bit of a teaching moment because remember Col or not Colcon, con i cannot say anybody's name today i'm vikellen having problems tonight he um he was like well we just need to know about everything you know about Bukaris. so of course y'all is going to be like well i'm going to tell you this saga and then finally when they're like well that doesn't help us well maybe if you had been more specific oh and that was the first time by kellen was like oh so well this is what happened and this is what and then and that's when y'all is like oh no i can't really help you in that like had you had you led with that But I felt like at the end of the book, it almost felt like it was like again with Alex's death. It felt like it was appended in there. Like he got to the end and they were like, "But what about Bukaris?" Oh, right. Oh, they they learned this. Here you go. Dude died. Like it did feel a little bit like maybe it was kind of an editing nightmare. There. I well, did you read his
1: intro? Yes. We talked about. I actually did. I think he mentioned in his intro that i do
0: like that these while you're looking for that i do like that these are all going to be direct sequels not just taking place in the same universe right. not just in the same timeline these are direct sequels like we're talking about Gathalamor, we are talking about what happened with this weapon
1: sad so thing is like when they talk about Gathalamor, i was like what the hell is that oh right it's what of bones was about duh
0: I had that same thought where I was like, ooh, when were they on Gothel more? And then they talked about the Cardinal, and I was like, oh, like the, la- oh, like the last book.
1: Okay. Um, so he talks about how, basically the goal was 100,000 words and it ended up being closer to 150,000 words and he probably could have written another 30,000 words. So it sounds like to me that he wrote a lot, and when the editors went through it and were cutting things and rearranging things, that they didn't keep track of what they were cutting and rearranging.
0: Right. I think you might be right. So along those lines, were you invest? Well, were you invested in Geetha's story?
1: Yes. Actually, were you? I not at first. At first, I was like, God, what? the? How do I care about these UFN you know, regions? But no, uh, as it went on and I saw where this was going, but, you know, they talked about how they you know, had been here too long. They should have been migrating a while ago. Well, now now we all are. Um, I kind of like that whole idea of them. And of course, and then it all came together in the end when her son gets picked, you know, to, to possibly go, I... go be a sky warrior.
0: Which they pretty much telegraphed from the beginning. Oh, I, which I was like, Ugh. I didn't pick that up. So, so the thing about Geetha that I thought was interesting—her chapters really did bore the hell out of me. But the thing I thought was interesting: this whole book is about how the the space wolves chafe at imperial rules and regulations and interventions, and blah blah blah. But when she's like, "Oh, I'm going to the black ships," oh, okay. oh okay like, so I, I honestly... you hate all rules and you hate all interventions and blah 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 but the second they're like i mean i, I promised i'd go to the black ships you're like oh you gotta do what you gotta do
1: like even though she made an oath and i know how they're big they are on their oaths and everything they are big on oaths i was still surprised that they let her go
0: yeah really did not fit what had just been established in this book
1: Mm-mm. And honestly I kind of got a little pissy with that band of uh I guess like what he's like Imperial Guard honor guard or whatever who's like scouring the areas like you guys you guys do understand that you can't be making these rules on 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 this planet like I'm pretty sure Robbie Bobby like explained that to you that this is not your typical imperial planet because they don't almost consider themselves part of the Imperium And in many yeah, ways and it I makes would... sense because the only thing that they have to offer the imperium are the space wolves. Yeah. There's nothing on that planet to feed terra or create things or Mm-mm. anything like that cuz it's a death world. No. Kind of like ball. Ball's the same way. There's nothing that they can do on ball.
0: Pretty much. Unless you just want to donate world, right? the
1: living water of death like here's a bioweapon.
0: <laughs> Pretty much, right? Um I I don't know why her story did not click with me. It didn't grab me. The best thing that I can say about her is if you have the limited edition, Mm. that might be some of the most badass art that we've seen in Warhammer 40k in a long time.
1: Especially for a regular human, right?
0: Yeah. The whole thing is just gorgeous. Um, And I did love that. I just, her story, I don't know why it never clicked with me. Every chapter I was like, oh, okay, maybe this will be the. No, it's just not working for me. I don't know why. I guess the vision thing, I guess I struggle with the whole vision thing in general. y'all Stormcaller is not one of my favorite characters.
1: It's really funny, is that I liked him in this book more than I did in. Chris rates because in Chris rates books, I thought he's like such an asshole, <laughs> like such a self-righteous asshole. And he actually seemed, uh, I don't know that he was actually willing to think, but I think it, maybe that was because Logan Grimnar was not willing to think cause he was letting his anger and his, what he thought was happening blind him to what was going on. Although I did find it really funny that, you know, Ulrich, the whole time, it was just like, ah, not the Imperium. Screw this. And then they found Primaris Marines. Like, well, hold on. Let, let, let's hear the guy out. Like, this is interesting. Let's at least listen. Like, we could use this. Like, we only have 700 left. Like, we could really use the help.
0: Was- well, because Ulrich, Ulrich is very much an opportunist, right? Like, he understands. He's a realist, I guess I would mm. say. So I did like that. And I liked that Arjak... Had really mixed feelings on it right. and was like, I don't want to be here. I'm just gonna go back to the forge. Like, don't put these adult decisions on me. Find <laughs> really? an adultier adult in a um, and y'all. I didn't like y'all in this book because he was so wishy washy. Like, where is Ragnar and all this? Yeah, Ragnar shows up as basically silent. Like, he's there at the end
1: when they call in all of the um right, all but... of the jarls, but but I just would have thought like robbie bobby coming hey we need you here you're one of the great wolves like you're one of the wolf lords you you need to be here right now like like yesterday right now he was at the end but it but not he might it, as well not have been right not when he that went not when it was like really really important for all the wolf it wolves felt like a checklist
0: there. like oh by the way like these six people are here anyways these are the three people well, who are actually going to be the talking. You know, I was like, oh.
1: And part of the reason why I felt like, you know, this was like a little bit like Spider Man 3 is like, look at the freaking dramatis, you know, dramatis personae. I find it's best not to. It's so. Huh. Just saw two names, like, wow, we only saw them in the beginning and never heard, of, heard from them again.
0: You yeah, right? like they pretty much went through the entire cast.
1: It. Anyway. So let's. So let me ask you this. This is why first I say about, I'm mixed. Like, I really liked a lot of it, but this book has a lot of problems. It does. Let me ask you this.
0: Kind of going back to Orad. This adds a considerable menace to the orcs, right? Like, that's a pretty big deal. Did the
1: orcs need that? Do you find that compelling? Did they need what? The rigorous? Yeah. Uh yeah, I think because this ability to pull entire ships out of orb out of the warp. Well, I mean because they were using it, you know, as a beacon to get, you know, Imperials kinda of like, haha, <laughs> fooled you. Gotcha. Which is totally something that the that the orcs that the orcs would That's do. Let's be real. Right. Um so yeah, I mean that seemed to that seemed to fit, especially if they're trying to go these preparations for the return of Gazkul thraka
0: I I struggle with it because on one hand I'm totally with you like the idea that you could pull an entire ship out of the warp is very much within their idiom right that they're just like I imagine them being like fishermen almost (laughs) right like gotcha (laughs) like that's and that it's very orky I very much like it but I'm also kind of like god they're already an unstoppable killing fungus sentient fungus like they're the orcs are terrifying in their numbers and their brutality and their really difficult nature to kill right like did they really need to have this too it i really i feel that way
1: (laughs) i guess so yeah when you have a space hulk you're gonna have either you have a space hulk you got one or two things you have orcs or you have tyranids i'll take the orcs over nids any day
0: well geez like that's a no-brainer Orcs every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Miss me with the nids.
1: Or hey, you stealers. know what? The- whatever. Uh,
0: no more gene stealers. Bad words. Four letter word now.
1: Um, oh, so beforehand. we're not reading the next Caiaphas Kane book? Because I'm pretty sure... I mean, I just would think that would have <laughs> gene stealers in that somewhere. Yeah, probably, actually.
0: Mm-hmm. Anyways, we're going to still read... Because there's actually a book that looks very interesting coming out about the goddamn gene stealers. Anyways. But I... I kind of feel that way about the Nids. I think I went on that rant where I was talking about how I'm like they're almost becoming a little too OP. Mm-hmm. I feel like the orcs are balancing now on being a little OP. Especially if Goscult comes back. But hey, we've got Primaris to throw at them.
1: Maybe Let's Yark talk about Yark will come out of mm-hmm. retirement
0: just for this. They're gonna get the band back together. I mean,
1: if we get Yark, we could get Ragnar Black it'll be great.
0: And Kane. Oh well yeah. In the mix like, we need our top men. <laughs> Yarick, Ragnar, Caiaphas. <laughs>
1: Needs to happen. Oh my god, I would love for Yarick and Caiaphas to come work together.
0: Make this happen. Because he's mentioned, he mentions in several stories where he's like, yeah, I've met Yarek, he's kind of a dick. Like, I never knew I needed something so badly in my life. I mean, he, I don't know
1: why Annandale couldn't do it. He's written Space Wolves. He wrote Yarick.
0: I kind of want Sandy
1: Mitchell to write it though cuz I would love
0: to see we his have, take on Yaric and Ragnar
1: write the chapters of Caiaphas' game. This could be fun.
0: Ooh, and then we could have Ann and Dale do Yaric and we could have ADP to Ragnar. Boom. And then
1: This is the best idea it, ever.
0: It'd be the best game of telephone ever. It really, like really would. It really would be. And then Yaric walked down the hill. Your turn. Like, because the Caiaphas Kane chapters would just, like, I would like to imagine it would be, like, a beautiful symphony. And then all of a sudden, just a clashing cymbal. <laughs> that would be, that would be Caiaphas Kane.
1: I just... And then your art comes yeah. in, and it's just, like, the sad trombone.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. It would, no, it would be something really serious. Like, I don't know, some real ser- like, serious strings lots of strings because well, guys Cold Baraka then, is
1: going to be the tuba Let, let's be real
0: let's be fucking real yeah that's going to be the tuba and a bunch of brass um and then ragnar blackman is just going to be drums menacing drums and then caiaphas kane can come out on the triangle <laughs> or the cowbell we need more cowbell ding, ding! be amazing anyways let's oh talk my- about the overarching threat within God. this book
1: if we could, like, drop a line to Nick Kime and be like, dude, I don't know. Please, make like, it happen. You need to make this happen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> make it a limited edition. You will sell 11 billion copies yes. of it.
1: Um. So let's talk
0: about the overarching thing here. Speculation time. Hmm. What's going on with Bukharas' ring?
1: I don't care. I really don't.
0: I'm actually, that was the only part when I got to the end where I was like, I actually loved when Colquan's like, yeah, the artist just sucks. And he's like, actually. <laughs> I totally imagined, because I didn't like Madeira as a character, I imagined him being like, actually. When <laughs> he's like, we actually looked into this, and apparently they drew it as they saw it, and it's Blackstone. I, and then that's that makes when, this.
1: That's when Colquan raised an eyebrow, like, wait, wait, it's made of what? <laughs>
0: I love that because even Bobby's like that's not how Blackstone works like none of this makes sense but that whole thing when he basically lays out like look the planets fell they were the opposite of Cadia they fell before the invasion happened like when he mentions like it's like a bow wave Mm -hmm. that's very interesting to me like th- the whole idea of bringing something from the age of apostasy back into relevance is interesting in general but uh
1: she's has really no idea what the age of apostasy is
0: technically. no everybody else is and that's I think what makes it interesting is because if they were like well this happened before the heresy goingman could be like actually that's not how that happened because I was there um Or if it's something that's happening now, right, like the Space Wolves or Marnius Calgar or any other legion could be like, "Mm, that's actually not what's going on because we've been part of it. But when you put it in the Middle History there, you're kind of relying on hoping, hoping that the 10,000 have heard of it.
1: Right. And so the Age of Apostasy, there's really not books in the Age of Apostasy, right? That's mostly like from the, the game codices, the info. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, it's just...
0: interesting especially given the whole historical aspect like the whole this whole book I was like god what is the point why are they here oh that's why they're here because when you live in a world that's constantly constantly basically when you live in the peak 60s 70s soviet russia where they are constantly hiding and changing the message and altering history because you don't want the message to get out. Well, it makes control, for real interesting. It was
1: control the message.
0: Control, control the information. Control the message. <laughs> makes it real interesting when all of a sudden uh, we need to know what happened 2,000 years ago. Mm. Yeah, whoops kind of shows the which, short-sightedness
1: which actually is something that, that was kind of hinted on in the beginning of um, dark Imperium where Robbie Bobby was like he was trying to basically like what's happened in the last 10,000 years and kept nothing running, kept running into problems with the Inquisition saying you don't need to know that and he's like excuse you what do you mean I don't need to know that like do you know who I am and he's probably the only one who can get away with saying that to be totally honest um
0: That's the other people, by the way, that I was like, does he not realize the Space Wolves? He's making the Space Wolves act like this? Like, the Inquisition, right, is like, I mean, who the hell are you? Well, I am the son of the Emperor. And and then, yeah, you have the Space Wolves who are like, we're loyal to the All-Father. Fun fact, I just talked to him. And mm, he put me in charge and he asked me to, like, do stuff? And... I guess that's it <laughs> like yeah uh, that drove me a little bit crazy too but no it's it's very interesting that i feel like the new i feel like almost feel as though the ring is the MacGuffin. i feel like the real villain here <laughs> is the fact that they don't know anything that happened if it didn't happen right now right in front of my eyes we don't really know
1: and the inquisition is either burned all records or just not gonna let anything out about it hell the inquisition probably doesn't know that's actually one thing i really enjoyed about um oh the red tithe was showing how stupid the inquisition is and how they're their own worst enemy about stuff their own worst enemy i mean how did this happen well we gotta delete all these records yeah that's happened before
0: That one remains, argu- like again, perhaps one of the most interesting things we've come across. Because that, I think, really pretty much hit the nail on the head, the problem with it's the Inquisition it, yes. in general. So it's like, oh, yeah. Did it ever occur to you that maybe that's why there's a blank spot in the records?
1: Because you guys keep Because remember, them? they mentioned
0: that. They kept mentioning that. Yeah. They're like, God, the records are spotty. Yeah, Funny well,
1: that. When you keep deleting them because you don't like what's in them. It's a little weird, doesn't it? Yeah, talk about controlling that message.
0: Now, I think, so here's, here's my wild supposition. Hmm. That I really kind of hope comes to pass. Remember, one of the things I said is that I, it, when we first started reading a lot of these, was that I was like, I almost feel as though Bob is going to be fighting a war on two fronts. One is going to be a legit straight up war. And the other is going to be more of a Cold War, and that's going to be against the Inquisition. Yes, and I feel like it, the Imperium is going to have a heresy part two, but it's going to end up being like the martial end and the administrative end. This whole Bucharest thing, I feel like, is pointing in that way. The portents, Possibly. Possibly. I
1: mean, because the word, because you already because you have like a bad Ecclesiarch arc, right? when robbie bobby's obviously not really happy with ecclesiarchs that he's but the cult of the emperor and the ecclesiarchy in general mm-hmm. inquisition covering things up i mean it's all um it's all very interesting and i am curious like where this is where this is going to go and how this is all because we all because we know what the indominus crusade is it's all about him settling things between the two Imperiums, so that he can start the real work. Because that's how Dark Imperium started was yes. when the Indominus was over. Mm-hmm. That just reminded me. One other criticism I have in this book, and it's a and it's a space wolves thing. It's not Gav Thorpe's fault. They're fucking words for things. Like Everdust took me forever to figure out. And I'm sure it was mentioned. Oh. That doesn't bother me. I'm sure that was mentioned earlier, like, what it was, but I just didn't catch it. But I was just like, what the fuck is this? What are they saying?
0: Anyway. That one doesn't bother me. But the one... So, like, if you remember in Chris Raitt's books, it was Varengi. In this book, it was Varengir. And, like, they had all these different names. Like, I am Harthen. And I am this. And I am that. And I'm like, look... Not everything needs to have an EGHN thrown on the end of it.
1: At least there was to make a glossary. It yeah, I, I did
0: like the glossary, but, the but even then I was like... The
1: glossary, so that didn't help me there. With no. The, and that's what, I, I like
0: some of their stuff, but some of it I'm like...
1: It's like this I, is necessary. Like I understand. You've made, you've made the point here that Fenris is not really part of the Imperium and they have their own language and their own words for things. Okay. If you're going to have a glossary of Fenrisian... Or I forget what the name of their language is. That's great. I, I, Juvi, Juvi, yeah, that's great. But please include the slang. All right. I'm, I'm kind of with you
0: there. Like, make a glossier, groth, bleh, a glossary, or don't make a glossary. None of this like one foot in, one foot out. Right. None of this cats is coming back to Broadway bullshit. It just go and look at the X-Men Gambit episode for that reference. Um, X-E-X-Men. Um, I, yeah, some of their words, but like also the, there seemed to be no consistency about it, like the way that they introduced themselves. I'm like, I've never heard him call himself this before, ever. And then like, anyways, yes, I'm with you on that one.
1: And I forget it what felt point the- I was making or you were making when I interrupted.
0: Um, about the, well, I think we were to say in in general, like there's just, again, the the book just has some problems and that I don't really understand where it's going either. Like either you're going to break the Imperium, like you're going to lead this up to, if this just turns out to be one thing where they're like, okay, and now we've destroyed the one ring of power and we can go off and do whatever we want to do. I'm going to be real angry. If this whole thing becomes a quest to break Bukharas's ring.
1: I have a feeling that's going to be like just kind of what's going on in the background. So what I'm hoping is that, so I'm so happy I got to see this moment with Robbie Bobby interacting with the Space Wolves. I was like, I was so excited when that happened. We've already seen him interact with the Blood Angels. Because we we read uh, Devastation of Ball when he comes in and like brings in the Primaris Marines and basically gives Dante a hug and is like, you're my best ever and then goes home and kicks Marnius Calgar. but <laughs> I would like one of these books to be about when he beats with the dark angels
0: I have a feeling that that's going to be like
1: or I have a feeling white that it's... Scars or
0: the Raven Guard
1: like I don't really care about the Iron Hands but sorry nobody does <laughs> right
0: <laughs> I I have a feeling it's going to be a lot of that it's going to be a lot of okay and now he's going to just check on this chapter and then this chapter how about the salamanders that should be Nick Kime's book yeah how about them but if this all just turns out to be one big magical MacGuffin thing I'm not going to be happy with it like I'm hoping this actually progresses and I don't know how long the series is supposed to be the Donna Fire series. Like if, if they're going to make it basically a book about every legion.
1: I thought like, I read somewhere it's going to be 12 books. But, you know, I don't know.
0: So then maybe like the other books are going to be kind of like this where they're progressing the main plot. But also like meeting the Dark Angels and meeting everybody else. and But also progressing the plot. I, I don't want another book where it's like, here's all this stuff that happens. And in the last 10 pages we'll tell you we'll progress the Bukhara story a little bit. I hope not
1: that would be disappointing I agree
0: it would be a little disappointing having said that I am glad like I, I love I do appreciate all of this world building because this is the Indominus Crusade and this is like the major lore changes mm-hmm. Um, I am happy that the next book we're reading oh are we I don't know Are hold please do do do
1: So we put up a poll (laughs) to see which book we were reading. If it's Steel Tread or Volpone Glory.
0: I left my Volpone Glory somewhere.
1: And the winner is Steel Tread is the winner. So I'm really excited about
0: this because we just... I feel like we don't get to read just books about the astra militarum all that much um also i feel like i deserve awards that i am now calling them astra militarum and not the imperial guard anyways i'm really excited about it i'll
1: put your award in the mail
0: stop it um i'm excited to get just a good astra militarum novel in and more importantly i feel like we haven't gotten to read much of andy lately so
1: i'm really excited probably not since gate of bones which that's was, probably accurate which was like i was actually looking through this earlier today which was last january is that right re- mm-hmm. so i was looking at the order of books that i read through goodreads and data bones was the first one in january
0: you are absolutely correct wow okay so it's been that long. it has been one calendar year is this going to be a tradition that we're just going to start off every year reading because Didn't we read Shroud of Night early in the year, too? Like, we just have to start our new year. Do you mean Dawn of Fire? No, no, I mean Shroud of Night. When we read Shroud of Night two years ago, I think we read it toward the beginning of the year, too. I feel like maybe we're just going to start... or we read Celestine, maybe? One of them. We're just going to have to start every new year reading an Andy Clark book. So no pressure, Mr. Clark.
1: Dance for us, monkey.
0: Dance. (laughs) But we just need you to put out a book every the beginning of every year. no pressure. Okay, so I'm looking at Gate of Bones, February. Yeah, we read it and well, we podcasted about it in February. So yeah. Um and by the way, when they mentioned Acalor being dead, I was like, "Too soon." Okay.
1: So the first book that we read in 2020 was Lords of Silence.
0: Yes. And I do remember. Um but and then I felt like we read an Andy Clark one. We very did. Very Fist close of the imp- that.
1: Uh, Fist of the Imperium. It was like 2 months after that. Oh. Right.
0: Right. That was a book that happened.
1: It was a book that happened.
0: But I am very excited for this one. I think um, as much as I like a good lore progression and a good lore shakeup and a good primaric appearance,
1: because who doesn't love Reboot Um Wow, we read Shroud of Night and Celestine almost back to back. Uh, apocalypse separated the two of them.
0: Okay, then it's kind of fun. All right, through this, kind of fun actually. This... Some of the books that we read, like we've we've read some good stuff. So I'm excited for this one.
1: I think it should be good. Um,
0: I mean, this one. The good news is,
1: I, I like how thick it is. I need a break.
0: <laughs> Seriously, um, the good news about this one is similar to the book that we just read. It's also available on Audible. I know that we have a lot of audio only fans, so.
1: Yeah. Man, I I'm say sure there's going to be as... lots of ochre I say it's not as thick but still got a lot of pages and they're just the papers look a little thinner
0: yeah I don't know it's going to be a good one I'm excited yeah it should be um, good, yeah, it should be good. I'm... I like Andy Clark's style so hopefully yes. this one
1: I think the only one we didn't like was Fist of the Imperium and mostly because
0: jean stealers.
1: And I don't remember. It very still funny. had
0: one of my favorite, favorite badass I really don't remember very genes.
1: much about it, except that it had a Imperial Fist librarian. That's really all I remember. It actually
0: had one of my favorite badass scenes in it. And it's the one where all of the nobles are like, okay, so you're getting us off the planet. Thank God you're here to rescue us. And he's like, hole up. like We're not the rescue squad. We are the oh no shit's fucked squad. Was... We're not rescuing any of you people. We're just here to, like, secure the planet. Right. Loved. And everybody's like, excuse me? <laughs> like, I loved that whole
1: scene. Um. So, yes. David, should be a good one. David Geimer actually wrote a kind of a similar scene in one of his um, Iron Hands short stories. And so mm-hmm. basically the planet is falling to shit because of orcs and everything. Like, right. They're all being overrun. But there's this one tech priest that has this vital information and so they see that space marines are overhead one iron hand drops down they're like is that going to be enough to save us all And he's like i'm here for the info (laughs) pretty much takes the tech priest because she's like oh it's stored in my head you can't get it out of me without my permission so he has to take her it's like well later, they're like, but we're all going to die. Yeah, sorry. That's not why. Sorry.
0: (laughs) Not my circus, not my monkeys. Yeah. I
1: was like, whoa, that was just cruel. But
0: That was way harsh. Yeah. But you know, but I forget that
1: it's like that. You know, when I started up, actually, you know, uh, the Space Marine game for the first time in years, it's kind of fun watching it now, now that I know about Space Marines. So it's a little interesting. But the very beginning, of course, I didn't remember this because I didn't know about it. Yes, they knew the planet was overrun by orcs, and they're like, should we do Exterminatus? Oh, wait, there's a manufactorum with titans. <laughs> uh, we should get those first. Like,
0: <laughs> we kind of need that one.
1: <laughs> that's so heartless.
0: Oh, Pretty much. God. But I mean, it's, it's very much a hey, look, the Imperium's an omelets and eggs type of they place. They are.
1: They are. Do you want to take us out, Carrie? Yeah, I sure will, with that, like, you know, kind of happy note. So you've listened to the Warhammer 40K book club episode regarding wolf time by gav thorpe be sure to check us yeah, check us out next time for steel tread by Andy clark so we are an unofficial book club and not affiliated with the black library or any of its affiliates you can find both the vidcast and podcast on our website wh40kbookclub.com if you like this episode oh my god if you like this episode <sighs> sorry Please like, subscribe, give a review, and all those good things to the Vedcast on YouTube or the podcast anywhere you get podcasts. Our site also has articles about our adventures and reading other Warhammer 40k books and short stories outside of the book club books. So please stay a while and read from a And I can't we didn't say this earlier, but Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year! 2022 is going to be great, right?
0: Don't, don't say anything. Don't touch anything. Just let it come in quietly.
1: Touch. If your year sucks, it's Carrie's fault. I'll take it. Everything's usually my fault anyway. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.